Harvey Mason Jr. has been running the Recording Academy for two years, but he's been working in music pretty much his entire life. I read that you wrote your first song at the age of eight. I did. Yeah, well, I wrote some songs before that, but that was when my first song was actually published and recorded by an artist, and I got a royalty, and I had no idea what a royalty was, but my parents put it in a bank account. They let me buy, like, a model airplane or something like that. Harvey went on to write and produce a lot of songs for some really big names, too. Justin Timberlake, Aretha Franklin, Britney Spears. What's your favorite song that you've ever worked on? It's impossible. It's not an answer I can even come close to giving. I've done so many songs, and the one that I'm most proud of is the one I've done last. Uh, Every time I do a song, I get excited. I go to sleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. I'm like, this is my favorite song. I love this. But these days, Harvey's thinking about a lot more than just his songs. As the CEO of the Recording Academy, he's responsible for the music industry's biggest award show, the Grammys. And the Grammys have been facing some big challenges. The pandemic has messed up the ceremony two years in a row. And at the same time, the Recording Academy has been facing backlash over who wins at the Grammys. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, January 20th. Coming up on the show... The CEO of the Grammys tries to steer the organization into the future. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Last year, the Grammys had to be pushed back from January to March thanks to the coronavirus. This year, plans were on track to have an on-time in-person event until the Omicron variant disrupted everything and the Recording Academy had to postpone the ceremony for a second year in a row. Can you walk me through how that decision was made? When did you start to think that the Grammys might need to be postponed? Well, we started thinking about that two years ago. You know, when coronavirus first hit, made an immediate impact on all of our decision-making. We have a lot of board meetings and committee meetings that have been postponed over the last 24 months or so. And as we got closer to uh, our January 31st date here in the last few weeks, Omicron really made us stop and think, was this the best thing to be doing right when it was projected to be at the height of this new variant? This was right around the time that other live events were also starting to face the brunt of Omicron. Broadway started canceling shows as more and more actors tested positive, and cities across the U.S. were calling off their big New Year's Eve plans. And as we got closer and closer, we started looking at alternate options. You know, we have almost 400 people working to put the show together on the ground for two weeks leading up to the 31st, and those people, and our fear that possibly they could be exposed and it could be on our watch. Those were all things that we considered Uh, as well as making sure we had enough artists to put together the type of show that we expected to make and that people watching would expect to see on TV. 
How does it affect your organization financially to postpone it like this? It's a huge hit. It really crushes us. It affects the bottom line and everything from sponsorships to ticket sales to suite revenue to travel costs. There are a lot of things come into play when you have to move the date of a show. Deposits have been made. Uh, plans have been executed. Things have been built. You know, So uh, a lot of money and, and revenue has been expended getting us to the 31st. That has to be reset, potentially respent for our next show. Uh, but we still felt it was the right thing to do and for all the reasons that, that we discussed. But it's hard. It's a tough situation. Are you talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in costs to do something like this? It's multi-millions of dollars. Yes, absolutely. The Grammys are now set for April 3rd in Las Vegas. Harvey says decisions about what kind of precautions will be in place, like masks or social distancing, will be based on how the pandemic is going. At the same time that Harvey's been dealing with the pandemic, he's also had to confront other challenges that are more specific to the Academy. There's been growing criticism from a number of big-name artists that the Grammys are too white, too male, and too inaccessible. For instance, in 2020, the musician Tyler, the Creator, criticized the award categories for pigeonholing black artists. It sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre-bending or that's anything, they always put it in a rap or urban category, which is, and I don't like that urban word, it's just a politically correct way to say the N-word to me. Later that year, Nicki Minaj pointed out how she'd been snubbed at a prior award ceremony. Despite having had seven songs top the charts simultaneously, she lost Best New Artist to Bon Iver, a band led by white musicians. And last year, the frontman for one of the world's most popular bands, Korean pop band BTS, said he felt there was a, quote, invisible wall keeping Korean artists from gaining recognition in the top Grammy categories. So I also want to ask you about diversity and inclusion and some of the criticism that the Recording Academy and the Grammys have faced in recent years. People have criticized the Grammys because they believe that women have been snubbed and haven't had much voting power, that Black artists don't get the recognition they deserve, that international artists are left out. Before you join the organization, as a Black musician yourself, who's also been nominated for several Grammys, did you share those criticisms? I definitely shared some criticisms. I think you gave a long laundry list there, Ryan. (laughs) But I, I shared some criticism. And That was the reason I actually ran to be elected as a board of trustee, because, as I said, I am of this community, and I thought we could do things slightly differently as an academy, as a body that is uh, a central system or a central representative of all aspects of the music industry. I thought that there was a need for us to be more representative, more reflective of what's happening in music today, uh, more relevant. Uh, And I think you spoke on some of the things that were concerns, uh, both from the Black music side, from the women's perspective. Uh, I know the large percentage of music that's being created and consumed right now is Black music, those genres. And so I knew that there was work to be done inside the Academy to make sure there was representation there so that when we are talking about nominations or voting or awards, that we're hearing from the voices that represent the music as it's being created. And the same goes for genres, country, rock, jazz, classical, we want to make sure that the the organization, the academy, is made up of the same or close to the same uh, numbers that translates directly to the people that are making and creating and consuming the music. 
how Harvey is trying to make a more representative recording academy? That's after the break. How well do we know the people we work with every day? We share lunches, jokes, and deadlines, but are we aware of the unseen struggles we often face silently? Stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or feeling misunderstood at work? Through insight, awareness, and empathy, we can start to better see the issues our coworkers are dealing with, and that can make us and our companies healthier too. Join Holly Robinson-Pete and her guests on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. Other award shows have also faced criticism in the past few years for excluding women and artists of color, like the Oscars So White hashtag that started back in 2015. What is usually Hollywood's golden night has for some a certain tarnish this year. All 20 actors nominated in the four acting categories this year are white. Award watchers are calling it the whitest Oscars in years. Social media In response, in 2020, the Oscars set diversity standards for movies to be nominated for Best Film. And just this month, after criticism that the Golden Globes lacked diversity, organizers canceled their live event and decided to tweet their awards instead. Another major blow to the Globes following months of criticism from movie stars and Hollywood insiders directed at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association after an L.A. Times report that revealed, among other things, none of the group's 87 voting members are black. The group that puts on the Golden Globes similarly pledged to change its diversity standards and expand its membership. To help solve the Grammys' problems, the Recording Academy's been trying to change the makeup of the organization itself, which is responsible for picking nominees. There are currently more than 12,000 voting members from the music industry, but the majority of them are men. So the Grammys recently started inviting new members. Last year, half of the invites went to women and one-third went to black artists. Another smaller share of invites went to Latino artists. The Grammys have also changed some of the category names. Best Urban Contemporary Album is now called Best Progressive R&B Album. Harvey says he thinks these changes are helping to prioritize diversity. We want our voters to reflect the the music-making community, and we want our nominees and our winners to reflect what's really going on in music. We're not there yet, but a lot of it, as I said earlier, is based on breaking down the genres and looking at what are some of the more popular genres, how many people are releasing that music and making sure that we're reflective there and we we match that data. Beyond representation, Harvey says the organization is also looking at how to get rid of outdated systems that might favor some artists over others, like with its nomination review committees. For years, whenever the Academy voted for nominees, each genre's nominees would then go to a review committee that would review the results before approving the final list. A lot of artists have taken issue with these committees, which are made up of about 15 anonymous members. In 2020, after not being nominated despite having a best-selling album, 
The artist The Weeknd said the committee process was corrupt and lacked transparency, and that he was going to boycott the Grammys. Harvey said he took the criticism to heart. Well, I took it very seriously. You know, I listened really closely and paid diligent attention to what he and his team had to say. All of our artists, whether the most popular or the new, you know, woman or man on the block coming in, putting out music are important. And when they have something to say, either a criticism or a suggestion, as you know, the CEO and as a leader of this organization, I listen. In the end, they decided to get rid of the committees. We removed them. That all comes as a result of us doing what we do every year, which is pay attention to the music community, listen to our members. You have to remember, I can't unilaterally make decisions on what I want to do with the voting process or what I want to do with membership. It has to be proposed by members. It goes through our elected member leadership, comes through our board, and then it comes to the staff. And it says, we would like to get rid of nomination review committees. So when our members ask for that, it gets discussed, voted on, passed, and it happens. So those are the types of things that when somebody speaks out, we have to pay attention. One thing I can tell you for sure, the organization is not corrupt. There is not corruption. There is not any mishandling of any of that sort of, uh, you know, some of those allegations have been made. I wouldn't be here if that were the case. I'm a music person first, dedicated to music people. I would not tolerate any of that. I would not allow for it. But what I will say is there's things that we need to look at, things that we do, and we have to make sure they're of the highest standard. So not everybody is obviously satisfied with these changes, that even after some of these changes were announced last year, The weekend told Variety magazine that, quote, the trust has been broken for so long between the Grammy organization and artists that it would be unwise to raise a victory flag. When do you think artists like The weekend will be able to trust the Grammys again? I hope soon, but I don't expect him to trust any time until he's ready, and I'm not raising a victory flag myself. You're not going to hear me sit up here and say, we've done it, we've done everything, we're exactly where we want to be. Only thing you will hear me say is we're working extremely hard and with complete new energy and new purpose and new intention than we've ever had before. And my hope is that we can bring artists to the table that have been critical before when they see and when they feel like we deserve their trust. After you postponed the Grammys this year, you put out a statement that said that for those who would suggest any counter-narratives to stir drama and drive clicks, I would ask that you please take a fresh look at the new Recording Academy. What do you mean by the new Recording Academy? I mean the Academy that's inclusive and doing things for the good of our industry and of our community and not doing so with any agenda other than to ensure that the music industry is lifted. And we got into a time where people were so suspect and they were always alleging some sort of conspiracy around so many things. And maybe there was a history or a doubt in people's minds that that carried over. I just want to get away from the thought that everything is done with some sneaky, suspicious reason behind it. I wanted people to realize that this is a different time in the Academy. This is a new regime in leadership and board membership. And I think, I like to hope that we've worked really hard to gain a little bit more trust. And I know that trust takes a little bit of time, but we're trying to do what's best for our members, trying to do what's best for the music community and be of service to the industry. Well, thank you, Harvey, so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. It's good to meet you. 
That's all for today, Thursday, January 20th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.